Hello all, uh, Matt is off on a doctor visit today and so you're stuck with me. So we're gonna get started up here in just a minute and finish talking about uh, Romans 14. See you shortly. Well, we're back again. Uh, I hadn't done the podcast by myself very often, and it's uh, really weird for my way of thinking. So let's just bear with it here for a minute, and and uh, but I want to drop a couple things out for the ministry. So we've been uh, teaching at Cross Brand Church, uh, Cowboy Church in Tyler. Uh, Matt was there one week, and I was there last week with him, and we've got uh, two more Wednesdays that we're going to be out there. So the invitation's open to come out, and we're doing uh, the, our Orthotomeo, uh, how, to, how, to, how to study the Bible class. And so you're welcome to come out into that, and in that note, we're going to be going down in the valley here uh, in a couple, three months to teach a startup Baptist church down there, and then we're going to be going back again not long after that. Uh, training some uh, Mexican national pastors uh, in the same thing. So we'd like you to keep that in mind uh, for the ministry and your prayer work. We'd appreciate it. Um, so, oh, this is Corinthians. So <laughs> Matt last week uh, actually started in uh, Romans 14. And that's what I thought I had turned to here and I wound up turning somewhere else. Here we go. And so... He was right in that. You know, the first uh, chapter 1 through chapter 10 uh, really talks about the depth of what uh, God was thinking in terms of the redemption and how Jesus was the redemption in that, how that took place, and how it happened, what happened. And it's really speaking in terms from an eternal perspective which sometimes we have a hard time following. We have a really easy time following, looking at somebody in the face. You know, I'm Sean's overrunning the stuff, and I can look at him, and he's got on a goofy white, you know, hoodie and all this stuff, and I'm thinking, man, if he was a real Christian, you know, he'd be wearing a suit and tie sitting over there even though you can't see him. That's how us as humans think, you know. We just automatically project everything that we think things should be off on something else. And I, I bring that up. Because starting in chapter 12 of Romans, that's where Paul switches gears and he's covered the deep stuff and he starts talking about what that looks like when you're walking and talking in this life. And so he actually gets down in, in chapter 13 and 14 where he starts talking about the place where we actually live. You know, in 13 he's talking about how you deal with your government and that kind of thing. I'm recapping some of this because he's not finished talking about it. And in uh, chapter 14, in the first, uh, uh, I don't know, verses 1 through 10, sort of, uh, he's talking about how people are going to run into that may be not as uh, matured. And you got to be careful when you say things like that, because uh, especially today, people get really offended, you know, if they get embarrassed 
and maybe they're getting embarrassed because they don't know what they think they should know or uh, maybe they're full of themselves, but they still don't like getting embarrassed because they find out they don't know what they think they should know and it makes them mad and, and personalities are weird. But in the Christian life, one of the things he talks about that is is getting to maturity to some extent. And you know, you got to understand that God starts with us where we are. And actually, he comes back to us many times because we leave him. And when we want to come back and we do come back, he takes us right where we were regardless of what we knew. And he's in the job of developing us. Uh, that's probably really bad terminology, but just for something to grab a hold of. And he develops you where you are. And that sounds like a good thing. I want to be developed. But sometimes we don't really like the method. Uh, I taught a leadership school for a long time in an entity called Civil Air Patrols, basically a junior ROTC thing. And I was pretty hard on those kids, or it looked like I was hard on those kids. I just took a bunch of military stuff that I knew and watered it down to their level, and we did it. In their mind... They were getting killed and being turned into seals or something. You know, that's how rough it was in their head. And people from the outside that never seen any of that kind of training, uh, after we did some cycles, they loved what those kids were doing when they came out as far as being able to train them and teach them. They were more mature-minded. But when they came out and saw the methods that we were doing it with, they were like, you got to stop this. You're, you're killing these people. We weren't really killing, weren't really hurting them. We didn't have any injuries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they were nervous about the methods when they actually saw them. And frankly, when the Lord's training us, on the backside of that, you're, hey, this is okay. But in the middle of it, you're going, what are you thinking? You shouldn't do this to people. That's a whole different conversation. But in the end, that's kind of where we wind up. And so I, I bring that up because uh, we're kind of go kind of go from verses 13 uh, through the end of it. And it's still talking about judging people based off how they perceive their walk with the Lord. And so somebody may, uh, in the scriptures, bring out the thing, you know, maybe it's what they eat they shouldn't eat. Maybe they're looking at Jewish law and they figure that's the best way to go. A real Christian does it that way. And you may not be convicted that way. And we're going to talk about the conviction part, so hold on to that because that, that's, that's running through the threads of this thing. And you may be okay with doing some of these things, and they may not. So, you know, like I'm, I made a smart comment about how Sean was dressed and how he ought to be dressed if he was really doing the work for the Lord in here, you know. Uh, and that, that's a good thing to pick on. I guess younger people hadn't seen it, but back in my day, you know, when you went to church, you know, the pastor showed up with a suit and tie all the time, and that, that was his uniform, so to speak. And if he was ever out of uniform, my goodness, the kingdom was going to fall apart and uh, the heavens were going to explode and hell was fixing to come in fury. And it's funny how you think that because you really don't think that when you're sitting there talking to him, but you're in Walmart and you see the guy walk in in shorts or something. And it was like, <laughs> your entire world got wrecked. And, it, and that's kind of where he's talking about here. If that was how you felt, you were immature about how the kingdom worked in that instance not talking down to you. I'm just telling you that's how we grow. Nothing wrong with falling into any of those things. That's how the God, that's how God shapes us and mends us and makes us how we are. So don't be afraid of those things. But Paul's talking about, don't be so judgmental about how they do things like that. Be careful with that kind of stuff. 
uh, mind your own functions here. So I'm kind of going to jump to the end. Uh, talking about this stuff, it's really easy because we end up looking for rules. That's what we're doing. How am I supposed to walk, talk, and act? And you've forgotten all about the first 10 chapters. <laughs> so it's almost like, to me, it's almost like when you start reading this stuff and trying to figure out how you're supposed to walk, talk, and act, go back and read the first 10 chapters of Romans again. Uh, because you then you're, you, you get to see from the eternal perspective what was really happening. And that's the thing to get a hold of. Eternal, what's going on where God is and how Christ is running things, that's reality. Not the things we're struggling with about how you should walk, talk, and act. Uh, and more specifically, how somebody else should be walk, talking, and acting. If that's how you're thinking and you're stuck there, go back and read those first 10 chapters again because you need to start looking at things a little different. That doesn't mean that you're wrong in how somebody is, but what you really need to do, and this is what Paul talks about in those last few verses, is turning that camera around back on you and seeing how you're looking because that's judgment. That's what that is. And in verses, uh, uh, in verse four, it says, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master, he stands or falls and he will stand for the Lord is able. And really what that means is, is the person that's walking or talking weird that you think they ought to be doing something different, but they're pursuing the kingdom, even in your mind, if you think it's wrong, God is his master. God will deal with him on the things and how he should walk and how he should talk. You need to leave that alone. You need to be looking at how the Lord wants you to work in that situation. Do I help my brother or does my brother even need help? Those are the questions you need to be asking in those situations. And don't, don't be lording over them, not even in your mind. Because if you're lording over in your mind, you're judging what they're doing and what that's doing, that's clouding out what the Lord is trying to work with you over. Or that's how it works with me anyway. That, that's how I've kind of learned to deal with that. So reading those first 10 chapters of Romans again will help you get your perspective right to reality and not what you're trying to see what's going on right there. Um, so that means, you know, don't, don't get wrapped up in judging your brother, uh, which is kind of funny because in verse 10, it, it talks about why would you do that to your brother? And the word that it uses for brother there it's like a literal statement. So Sean's here and Matt's not here, but you know, those guys are not my blood brother. But in a kingdom sense, they are. Uh, you know, God looks at us like it's his blood that's pumping through our veins. And so we got to treat each other right away. And, and that's a learned thing, especially when they're not blood relatives. And so, uh, so don't get wrapped up in judging your brother. And the reason that is is because, you know, you can deal with a lot in a family member and you may judge them and how they act or what they're doing, maybe even in a constructive way, but you still accept them even if they're morons and you will accept them and acknowledge them even if they're morons. Uh, even if you've completely rejected them in your mind and your heart, they're still close. And so uh, that's a non-judging heart. And it's easy to separate ourselves from our from our non-family brothers and sisters, so to speak. But you got to learn to see them like that too. That's kingdom vision. That's looking at them the way God looks at them. So don't get wrapped up in judging them. 
uh, and we do that in all kinds of things. And Matt's brought some of these up, you know. <laughs> Uh, this is using, you know, how they walk and talk or how they may eat. Uh, don't get lost in that. Okay, those are the only things I don't need to judge them on. I'll judge them on other things like the music in the church or the rules that they follow to be a real Christian. Like I'm talking about Sean not dressing right. You know, if he's a real Christian, he don't and and don't show up in here in some cheap J.C. Penny suit. You know, you need to come in here with an Armani or something. The best stuff for the I can't afford that, but because of your position, that's how you ought to be doing it. That's the stuff you don't, you don't, <laughs> don't, don't get locked up. And I'm making a big deal about that here, just trying to overemphasize it. But you, you know what I mean. And even in church, how you do church, how you going to do that? Well, I mean, everybody runs into that. Matt and I do this podcast together and we work together. It's his ministry. So the really cool thing about it being his ministry, I can come in here and tank everything and make everybody mad. And he's the one that has to wear the repercussions of that. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. Uh, and the flip side of it is, is he could really crater one day. I can come in and save the whole thing. He gets to wear that glory because it is, it's his ministry and I'm willing to come in and, and play that role to hold it up. The church is the same way, depending on your walk and how the Lord's working in you, you know, you can walk into church and start going, well, you know, them elders ought to be doing this or dressing like this or talking like that. If that doesn't, if that's not where the Lord's got you, that's what the military used to call white noise. You're filling your head with all the stuff that everybody else ought to be doing, and you need to wipe that white noise out so that you can start looking to see where the kingdom's developing you for. Or I'm gonna say I'm gonna take I'm gonna step back on that one. Not developing you for, because from yours and my perspective, we're just going through struggles and we can label it as development. And that's a good thing. What God is developing you for, you may or may not know until it comes around. And that could be 10 years down the road. So don't get wrapped up in that. But remember, that's the other thing I want to talk about is that when you're reading 1 through 10, you get a picture of the fact that God is big. And if you believe that he is the creator and he is who he says he is, when you're feeling lonely, outcast, judged, whatever the emotion is, Look at God in the face and understand, I don't have a clue what you're doing. May not even agree with how you're doing it. But I do believe you're who you say you are. And he develops and moves situations and uh, uh, I wanted to say creations, but that's not the right word I'm looking for. Circumstance. All of your circumstances. He can create and move that stuff around in an effort to develop you to how he needs and wants you done. And there's no way you can know what that is. Just like those kids in my leadership school. They had no idea what was going on when they were going through the middle of it. All they knew was is the pressure was nonstop and they just wanted it to quit. And we were just trying to teach them how to think through that, even if that was this issue. When they get out the back end of it, they were all going, oh, I see. And frankly, 90% of the issues that I felt like that the Lord was building me for, never saw it until I got to one end of it where I was being used. And in hindsight, I could look back and go, I can see what he was doing. There was no way for me to see that. That's because we can't see things in eternal vision in that big sometimes. I don't even know that he wants us to in occasion. And what Paul's talking about here, he's speaking from an eternal vision. Don't do these things because the Lord is working and moving. That brother you're judging, it's not your place to put him in his place. 
if he asks and he's wanting you to be in the middle of him, that's different. Uh, but just walking by and catching somebody saying or doing something, that's none of your business. Just stay out of it uh, and let the Lord work through that because he does. And it tells us that in Romans 2 that he, he works those things out. And so uh, everything I just talked about was kind of what I, was, I noted here. I, I put the struggle is for right and wrong from God's perspective. So be careful what you see is right and wrong because that can come back and bite you pretty good. Uh, and it's between you and God. So in verse 22, uh, let me find 22 here. The faith which you have, have as, <clears throat> have as your own, you know what, I'm going to read this out of a different version. Uh, oh man, I had it up here. Sorry, Matt, not prepared. That's pretty typical for me these days. Uh, 22. So this is a New Living Translation. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. And what he's talking about is, is you may not be convicted with an issue like eating food for a simple, for a simple way to look at it. One person's worried about eating pork. Maybe you're not worried about eating pork. You're not convicted that way, and that's okay. So you're free to do it. But he's talking about doing things in front of others that may trip them up. So you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. That means if you're not worried about eating pork, eat it and enjoy the thing and thank God for it. Say, thank you for giving me the clarity to be able to do this. This is awesome, Lord. But if you, this, this is going back and forth. This ain't about looking at your brother. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. I like to smoke cigars on occasion, right? Well, from my background, if you smoke cigars, you've already, you might as well just jump in the lake of fire because you've already done it, so just go live there. I feel no problems with smoking cigars, and I can be blessed in the Lord. I enjoy that. I only do it once in a while. And if any of you are offended by the fact that I smoke cigars, I don't mean any offense. I'm just trying to give you an object lesson here. But I feel free to do that. But if I'm in front of a bunch of people that I know or I suspect that maybe they do or I don't even know, but I might be nervous. If I do this, this may cause them to struggle. What this is saying is, as... That means I have the maturity to not do that. So don't do it. Well, wait a minute, though. I'm free to do those things. The Lord's given me the freedom. Therefore, I should be able to rub it up in the face of those who don't have freedom because they need to learn anyway. No, no. You're looking at it all wrong. Your freedoms are between you and the Lord, right? Uh, so just deal with that. If you go ahead and do it, even though you're feeling like maybe I shouldn't, now you're sinning. That's what he's talking about here. But if you have doubts whether or not you should eat something, and this says eat something, but it is a broad, he, Paul's just using the context of food, but he means it on a much bigger scope. But if you feel, uh, but if you have doubts about whether you should do something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you're not following your own convictions. That's the spirit leading in, in a few verses before this, that's what he was talking about. Live in the Spirit. Let the Spirit show you those things. If there's black and white stuff in the Scripture, that's arguable and probably you should pay attention to that.
But if it's not black and white, and you're not convicted uh, not to do it, then feel free. But if there's any doubt whatsoever, that's the spirit leading you that, and that doesn't mean that later on it may become legal for you. I'll use that term. But the Lord's developing you to be sensible and have sense and understanding about what's going around you so that you can measure things the way the kingdom does. And he's talking about not judging your brother because if your brothers eat up with being one way or another and you're free from that, your tendency is to be able to go, oh, no, you're looking at that all wrong. Don't do that. Mm -mm. Don't do that. Unless the Lord prompts you to do it. That's a whole other discussion. But Paul is saying, don't be judging your brother because the Lord will work with him and take care of that on his own. Even if you have to endure their... Oh, God, how would I call it? A rule that they're trying to follow that you know that you're not free of and the scripture doesn't deal with it in black and whites. If that's their conviction, he's developing them through that. That's not for you to go in and cut off. So, uh, I got kind of preachy here today, but that's what happens when I don't have somebody else to talk to. If Sean would have wore a suit and been a real kingdom guy, you know, I'd have probably been... Uh, had the better direction here so it's his fault for me being weak today <laughs> so anyway that's uh uh that kind of gets us through verse 14 and 15 starts kind of finishing that off and uh actually there's only a couple more chapters there but 15 really good stuff but i would encourage you not just for the book of romans but read those first 10 chapters again because it gives you the eternal view of what's happening here and gives you the scope that when you get stuck in our linear being, man, they shouldn't be doing that. If they, or they need to do something different or blah, blah, blah. That scope helps go, wait a minute. Lord, help me work with this stuff. You start getting stuck, of th getting stuck in things that I would call house of God stuff, the rule and the regulation. When the Spirit's going, you don't need to do that. I will convict you and lead you in the ways that you need to go and how you need to do in an effort to develop you. And you may not even know what he's developing you to do later on. Just have the faith, like it talked about in verse 22. Have the faith that he will lead you in the right ways and where to go and how to go. Sean, did we have anybody that was joining in today? Ah, well, Matt's joining in. The rest of you didn't want to see me, and I don't blame you. So, well, y'all have a good rest of the day. Lord be with you, and appreciate you, appreciate you coming in to visit us. We'll talk to you later.